0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good night!
1: Yeah, get it on. Got to get on the no choice. we going to mandate get it on. And welcome to CarCast, Matt. Of Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea over there. Um, so much going on. I know you just got back from auction week. Yeah, I uh, checked. Uh, you could call it show prep, I guess. I was perusing <laughs> the uh, auction sites and uh, seeing some of the prices that were fetched. Um, a couple things. Uh, jumped out at me first off uh that goddamn your sv 3.5 and change listen yeah uh we sold ours for two two several years ago did it to buy a house i, I get it that's how that's how the mm-hmm. world works but <laughs> i always said that's that that's gonna be a five million dollar car one day like I've, yeah. I've always said that car that car why are these other you know when that car when a lamborghini sv and i'll I'll screw it up a little here, Matt, but you'll get the gist. When a when a Ferrari Lusso, like a '64, '65 Ferrari Lusso, was you know one point eight or two million bucks, that Lamborghini SV was nine fifty, yeah, or whatever. And I was just like, and and there were the same prices. Like a, a couple of like Ferraris that weren't that GTC or something, like GT, whatever. The one I, you know, I I always said why. Why is that Lamborghini SV the same price or cheaper than X, Y, and Z? Yeah, like and, the
2: three thirty GTC. Right, right,
1: yeah. and and a convertible. You know, the, the convertible GTC Ferrari was more than an SV. You know, or whatever. There were there were a bunch of cars out there, even even, yeah. And so I was like, no, that's that. You know. So I bought one, but then I, I, I had this house thing happen. I had to basically sell it. I, I probably wouldn't have. But, um, yeah, three, five, eight, you know, 80 grand. I mean, three, six, essentially, you know, um, I was like, this is a, and, and of course now the 330 GTC is, you know, convertibles one, six or something. And this is three, three, six, you know. It, yeah. it went. Yeah. It's up. It's all going to go up.
2: I mean, Lamborghinis have like – they started low, which is interesting. Then they, they've they crept up, and then they sort of plateaued and nobody moved them. Right. right? They didn't fire Salem like the Toyota GT, right? The right. 2000 GT mm-hmm. for a little bit, right? million-dollar right. car became a $500,000 car. Right. And then a couple – like they kind of sat – and nobody mm-hmm. moved them, mm-hmm. and maybe some private sales, and then they crept up a little and then nobody moved' them, yeah. and then they crept up and yeah now this this one was a gorgeous example oh yeah uh, i I didn't seen get a it. chance to see it i've seen
1: it, it at bobble it's beautiful, yeah, beautiful it's color, beautiful. blue note day also um also the s's and the p's are you know one eight one six or whatever i mean it's all all the mirrors uh, yeah. I, I think I think the game's on with the mirrors i I always I always knew it. I just didn't know when it was going to it was going to happen, but it it's it's on.
2: Now. I uh some of the other big cars that were there, you know, Ferrari F40s, the F40 at RM went for 2.15 million. Mhm. And then one went at Barrett Jackson for 2 I think it was 275 mm-hmm. And it was the gray one that R O M was trying to private sale that we saw yeah. at Monterey. Mm-hmm. And I guess they didn't get the price they wanted, so somebody decided hey two,
1: two seven fifty. Yeah, yeah,
2: like we'll go to Barrett Jackson with no reserve. And it was the top seller at Barrett Jackson. Uh, yeah. cool car. But a funky car because I think it raced a little. I don't know that it was street legal. Um it looked cool and it was a it was a big money car, but interesting. Um the, uh, the
1: the thing that I found interesting when I was looking at uh, Barrett Jackson last night is the crazy Chevy Blazers and the, what, C5 Blazer yeah. and so many of the customs just getting all the money in the world. I, they- I don't I, – it scares me a little when stuff gets trendy and yeah. people get on. Far as I could tell – a um, few years ago, and not very long ago, two or three years ago, uh, it was all about the Broncos, the vintage Broncos, yeah. and the Blazers were like, who cares? Right. And, uh, I, I mean, really sort of, who cares? I It yeah. wasn't even on anyone's radar. And the Broncos – we're getting built up and everyone's seen them around town and there was a few companies, um, Icon did them and there's, there's another company or two that yeah. did them. We talked to the guy in, at SEMA in Vegas yeah, I think a, about it. Yeah. There's yeah. guys who, who doing the Broncos and kind of arguably it's a kind of a nicer platform to jump off on than the, than the Blazers. And when I say Blazer, I mean, I don't know, 74, 73 or something, something like right. that. Um, those, but the Broncos small. Yeah, Yeah. smaller, just, I don't know. It's just kind of a, the difference between a, you know, 66 Mustang fastback and a Chevelle or something, you know, just like sort of a smaller, tighter, that a little more of a Euro vibe to it. I I would say the Bronco feels a little more Euro than than the Blazer. And so people were breathing on those and doing some really nice jobs on those. And then we're selling for like, Two fifty to three or something for like a nicely done yeah. one with a coyote uh, motor in it and stuff like that. A,
2: a lot of credit goes to Icon on that.
1: Yes, and then the Blazers were neither here nor there. I, I don't. I didn't see a lot of them come across because I, I don't think people want to dump a buck fifty into something they couldn't get more than seventy five for. Yeah. So that was kind of the the Blazer, and then I blinked my eyes and there's a bunch of blazers going for like 450 and yeah. like 550 and 350 and the broncos are still you know 225
2: 250 you know I, I don't know what the fuck happened so well ring brothers did one a few years ago uh not not a very famous like SEMA bill but they did one i forgot who th- for some sports ball player <laughs> mm. and then uh and then I think they did like another one for the Omay's charity thing and then another one and then another one and and the cool one we saw at, at Simba this year with the like the basket weave seats and mm-hmm. and um and I think that started getting the attention of some of the aftermarket parts makers as well going oh maybe we're going to start you know now we've got a cad file for a full for a new chassis and we're starting to make some suspension pieces and re-popping a few of the restoration pieces for it and it started to catch on but you're right it it's i tell you the broncos uh the blazers were were all still doing well you can tell the difference in price uh, a bronco comes up with a small block for done well it's 100 110 if it has a coyote swap, it's 130 to 150. And if it's off the charts, good for some reason. There was a few for 300 plus. Right. Uh, the Blazers were, were doing well. And then the one I still don't get is the, uh, the Eleanor Mustang, the recreation. Oh my God. And a- every year there's six of them out there, and they're all pulling a couple of hundred grand, which is interesting because
1: it used to be. Hold on, Ben, pull up uh, Barrett Jackson uh, from Saturday. Sorry, go ahead.
2: It used to be if it was officially licensed, you'd pay heavy, like thirty right. grand for the licensing fee. Those cars were getting four hundred. And people were paying that for the past few years. But they got dragged into court, they lost, so now there's no more officially licensed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that does to the guys that bought it, because now anybody can make that car. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you paid top dollar for officially licensed, I guess you get to still say it was officially licensed, and now there won't be anymore. But now anybody can make those and and license it. I was but,
1: confused. I saw one for I don't know five and change. I think yeah. I saw one for so that Bourne one was change. a movie car. Oh, that was a movie car. So yeah. that's why was it five? Was it over? It was over five. I
2: think with the vig and everything, it was like five. A yeah.
1: movie car or the movie? A car? movie car.
2: It was uh, it was the movie, but there was a bunch for the There's movie. The so hero I don't know. Car. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. And I don't know if it started off as a stunt car and finished up as, as yeah. kind of a hero car. It looked complete and it looked nice. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a thrashed stunt car, right? Uh, and that got money. So maybe I don't know. Maybe there could have been like seven hero cars, and they. You know, that would be was interesting.
1: It does seem like a lot of hero cars, but maybe, maybe you're yeah. right. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, not hero cars. It seems like a lot of car stunt cars and hero a lot cars. of star
2: custom hero cars um, for that.
1: The, yeah. And so a lot of the customs, the vets, but not so much even the vets. Like, you know, for, okay, couple things. <clears throat> so let me just backtrack. If my, if you and I were married, God willing, one day, <laughs> and you said, "I want to spend four hundred fifty grand on an 'O' five uh, GT four GT," yeah, I'd say knock yourself out, honey. Mm-hmm. Because I would know when we we're getting divorced in four years that we could probably get six twenty five for it. Yeah. But if you said I want to pay 450 for a C5 Blazer. Yeah. <laughs> that's been really breathed on nicely. I'd be like I I don't know mm-hmm. what that car is going to be worth in 4 years when we get divorced. I because there's no I mean I get it. It's beautiful and somebody spent a buck 75 to get it that way, yeah. but 450 how do you have it appraised? Like wh- what is it worth? Like where are the comps? How's this going to go? I, I, mean,
2: I guess you just go to the to the to the Barrett Jackson results page and see. But you're right. Now there are some customs
1: today, but yeah. in in four years, I four, don't know in, where that in car's twenty going. years. Like, right. what do you do? Right. right.
2: Uh, it's funny. I, I was talking about this with uh, Brad and Aaron on, on Shift and Steer, right? Because there was uh, a a famous, um, pretty famous custom. Called chicane. It was a it was a Biscayne. Troy Chapanier built it. He built the first client billet specialties about twenty years ago. Really over the top, twin turbo, the best of everything. That car went on power tours, magazines. It was famous. It did everything it needed to do from a marketing standpoint, but it waited too long. Right? Ring brothers have built cars for SEMA, brought it to a client. Two years later, they get four hundred grand at at Barrett Jackson. This car was twenty years later, and the catalog didn't do it justice. People looked at it, saw some small pictures in the description. It should have had a two-page spread with all of the details on it because back in the day, this was probably three or four hundred thousand to make. And before they brought it to Bear Jackson, the owner Bill especially, sent it back to Troy, blew it apart, freshened up the paint, put it back together. Probably put two fifty into it, sold for two fifty. Right. Yeah. And and it was just it was just one of these cars that the audience is uh, there's surprisingly a fair amount of younger people in the audience you know forties mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, even at RM by the way RM said something like twenty nine percent new bidders and like twenty percent or nineteen percent new uh, oh really uh, yeah there was the um, Ben has the chart somewhere but um, new people going in and uh, this car was just too long it was too 20 years was too long and it didn't get enough of the marketing it needed mm-hmm. um yeah so uh rm by the way 29 percent new buyers and 15 uh new bidders mm. i guess which that's is, good yeah so it's it's growing but yeah i i don't think the blazer is going to quite hold it there's going to be a few that'll be the standout blazers um and the icons I think will do well because they have built a reputation for their company. It's got yeah. kind of a singer thing yeah, going I'm not, for yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I'm not including the icons in this group or even the Ring Brothers. Ben, did you find Saturdays uh What were we talking about?
2: A uh, Barrett Jackson. Barrett
1: Jackson. Yeah. yeah. It it's quite it I I was I was amazed at how much those things were selling through for. Uh a lot of custom stuff. I mean you know, I always say, like, when when Chris Titus was getting divorced and he had to sell his Chip Foose mobile, it, it's like there was nothing there.
2: Yeah, and that was a weird time, too, because um, the customs were really just pennies on the dollar. I don't know what he's doing. Just go to Saturday,
1: can you please?
2: Oh, he's just looking at Blazer. I While know, you look don't up, do that. Let me, um, just go
1: to Saturday sales on um, – on Barrett Jackson. i Want Let me tell you guys
2: about Snap-on. You know, today's episode is brought to you by the makers and fixers of Snap-on. Makers and fixers keep the world moving. You find them in factories, repair shops, roads, and rails, building and maintaining everything. The makers and fixers are the backbone right. of oh. automotive, aviation, agriculture, mining, marine, and military. Uh, I know some of the make and fi- makers and fixtures personally. Uh, you do. Uh, Sean's a great example. He and, is. You know, uh, Leno wrote a good article the other day about the makers and fixtures. He was just talking about this is the backbone of of America and we should not – discount them like we should be rewarding them because they're just building and they're yes. never gonna go away with such a wonderful article, a piece that he wrote on it. So makers and fixtures is not just a job, it's a calling. They want to hear from you as well. So share your story at makersandfixtures.com slash carcast and check out the makers and fixtures on Instagram.
1: All right. And uh, Ben, you can you can wait to bring up Aaron next time until Matt's done with his piece there but okay Aaron Shelby has joined us hello can you hear hello us? how are
3: y'all doing today
1: good it's good to see you again I saw Aaron I don't know a week and a half ago in in Dallas right
3: that was quite a show you had there enjoyed that
1: yeah it was a it was a real fun show uh, i With John Popper yeah, yeah I went out did about 45 minutes of stand-up at the top and then oh actually John Popper blues traveler did Five minutes of stand up at the top. And then, <laughs> <Did he? laughs> yeah. And then, uh, then I did about 45 minutes. And then he came out and did, uh, four or five songs with his keyboard player, sort of, you know, little, little bit, uh, MTV unplugged style. Yeah. And then Chris and the boys and his band Loxy's joined band them. Playing. And it was, it was really, we never done it before, but I, I thought it was a really satisfying format. Didn't you, Aaron?
3: it was really enjoyable. It was. Um, I haven't been to. I've been a while since I've been to just straight stand up. But having the mix of the music and you up there and just telling the stories, it was uh, very engaging. I enjoyed it. I'm. Uh, I'm so glad you made it out. Um,
1: so Shelby, we're uh, celebrating uh, Carol's 100th birthday, and uh, it's gotta. It's it's gotta be satisfying that there's a real. I don't know if it's a resurgence, but it's like. Shelby's more Shelby conversations, probably because of the movie and, but other things in the last like two and a half years than, than the combined 10 years before that. Does that seem accurate, Aaron?
3: Uh, I think you're spot on. You know, it's, uh, you know, Carol passed away in 2012. The movie definitely helped a lot. Uh, that Ford versus Ferrari movie did a bunch for just getting the common knowledge of the Shelby history out there the passion we're seeing around the cars themselves today. Um, you know, Matt, I saw you at Bear Jackson, the the prices the Shelby's were bringing were crazy. Uh, and that passion and and the desire for people to want to own or be part of the Shelby world is as strong as I've ever seen it.
1: Yeah. You know what I always find sort of interesting is I knew some guys that had some Shelby stuff and there was always the thought that, Oh man, when he passes away, like an artist and their paintings, it's just going to pop, you yeah. know. And then he passed away, and, and nothing happened. It was like they were still trading for the same amount. There, there was no pop. There's no jump. There's right. no anything. And then you know, almost a decade went went by, and now and now everyone's into it. And I, I a lot of that's the movie. Maybe some of it's the uh, doc that we made. And then some of it's just... It needs a little time. It just needs to steep a little bit, you know?
3: Well, I think so. And you look at, say, the Cobras are always unique because there's less than a thousand of those made. And so they all have their own stories. And you look at the ones that have, I'll say, a more positive story or a little more known history. They go for a little bit more. The ones that have a little more of a, say, sketchy story or something happened to them in the past that's a little unknown... You know, that you haven't seen those pop as much, but there's a lot of knowledge out there of these cars because there's so few of them that are out there. Um, You know, obviously, we're not in the Ferrari GTO category by any means, but it's a really interesting dynamic to see what's happening with the market out there and the vintage stuff and the new stuff. Quite frankly, there were some trucks that sold that were, they went for over list price and they were three or four year old trucks.
1: Yeah. The uh, Fords. Yeah. The, I mean, also Ken Miles, you know, nobody had heard the name Ken Miles, and when I say nobody, I mean, you know, deep inside baseball car guys, you know, knew about it. I knew, obviously, of Ken Miles for, you know, quite a long time. But the idea that uh, his notchback Mustang, which he never raced, just the fact that it had Shelby's name on it, yeah, you know, the real – the real Shelby seven
2: hundred seventy thousand.
1: Yeah,
3: for yeah,
2: more than what Aaron and I both thought it was going to go for.
3: Well, <laughs> well you're for sure. exactly right. I had no idea. I, I was thinking three fifty to four fifty somewhere in yeah. that range.
2: Yeah, I think we were maybe in the four to five hundred range, and we we're being a little generous. Yeah,
3: it's a I don't know sixty six
1: whatever sixty five sixty six notchback uh, Mustang that was built for Ken Miles to race, which he never raced because he passed away. But I, I'll tell you, uh, Aaron, the real feather in the cap uh, when it comes to the Shelby name and the kind of kind of juice it's bringing now is that uh, not a Shelby. It's a uh, it's a Japanese car. It's the Toyota 2000 <laughs> yeah. because the Toyota 2000 that sold, I don't know, a year and a half ago or whenever, whenever that thing sold for two, three, two, five, you know, somewhere something started yeah. with, a, with a two. That car, I think a white one just sold or you know for 550 or 600 or something like that. Um that car didn't have success. Yeah. Uh wasn't a legendary race car. It simply had the Shelby name and livery on it and was prepped by by Carroll Shelby and it brought all the money. And that there's no other way to to justify that price other than the the shelby
3: name you're exactly right i was surprised um you know those cars there's not a lot of them out there so in general they draw pretty good money but to get up into you know mid to high two millions when you're talking all in that was a huge price on that car you know i I actually i just think they're beautiful cars i was going to make a run at it but that was that was about double what i was willing to look at it's
2: funny because i was going to say that i was like i think you were looking at that car and then uh uh, don't be fooled. Aaron is the first to walk away from a price that's too high. <laughs> We've seen it a few times up at up at Barrett yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, he doesn't yeah. drink enough at those auctions. <laughs>
2: he probably that's doesn't. my problem. <laughs> uh,
3: too uh, me, free drinks
1: left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh the uh, what's going on in Vegas or Nevada with uh, Shelby?
2: American the, Shelby, American
1: Shelby, American. I've. I've talked, i come up in conversation a time or two and I've been like, yeah, what, what's the process over there? And so,
3: it, Shelby American is based in Las Vegas. Our facilities uh, just south of the strip a little bit in between the airport, and the highway down there, uh, just south of the Valley high golf course. So we've got our, that's our Mustang conversion facility. As uh, so we have a full shop back there. And then we also have a retail store and a, we call it a heritage center, not a museum because it's not, not zoned for museum but uh, heritage center. Mm-hmm. And so we tell the Shelby story there. We do tours a couple of times a day there. Um, you know, telling the whole Shelby story, the cars we have in and are on display are changing frequently. A lot of them are on loan from people that have shipped something back or they need us to store something. And so we keep them out for the public to see. Uh, my brother and I've got the movie Cobras. We've had those out there on display before. So we, that's really, it's become a destination. We moved into this particular facility in 2015, and with as close as we are to the Strip, it just draws a ton of traffic down there. We've got big windows. So you can go out and part of the tours to go into the shop and see what we're doing on the cars. So this year, when we did the 400 Hertz Shelby Mustangs, we converted all those in our facility right there.
2: So ex- explain a little bit of the structure, because I don't think people really fully understand. You're at every uh, Shelby uh, event and unveiling, but um, pretty much on your own dime. So the the... The Shelby Foundation, which you can explain, is the nonprofit foundation. And all of these other Shelby companies, uh, they're all not necessarily owned by Shelby or the Shelby Foundation. They are separate companies that have licensing agreements and partnerships with the foundation. And whatever licensing fee that gets paid goes to the foundation, which is a nonprofit, right? Right.
3: It's a, uh, almost, a little, little more complicated. Uh, but it's, uh, so Carol's had a trust up, the Carroll Shelby Trust. And then that kind of is the umbrella. Uh, just below that, you have Carol Shelby International, which is the parent company of the operating entity. So licensing falls under that. Uh, we've got a Goodyear Tire Distributorship, Shelby American. All these kind of sub-entities fall under Carroll Shelby International. With the foundation kind of sitting on the side and taking benefit of some of that. So I'm on the board of Carol Shelby International, And act as brand ambassador as you see me at events like you said and then i'm also president on the board of the foundation so sort of two arms ultimately at a point in time in the future the whole thing rolls in under the foundation i won't get into all the specifics on that but it'll happen at some point in the future where then everything truly operates for the benefit of the foundation we're not quite there today we're just a uh, we are still a for-profit entity as far as the operating companies go
1: is Shelby, Nevada just doing the Mustangs, or do they do any F-150s or trucks? We
3: do trucks there as well. Our problem is our capacity, um, and so we actually have a partner in Tuscany, if you're familiar with them. And so they've got a facility in Indiana that already has a uh, basically a truck conversion facility set up. So a lot of our truck conversions are in Indiana at Tuscany where we're doing mainly the Raptors or the smaller niche trucks in Las Vegas just because of capacity issues. We can't, do, we can't run that many through. We're, you know, several thousand trucks a year. We're, you know, somewhere less than a thousand Mustangs a year. So when we've got 30, 35 bays, we can only do so much in those in, a, in an annual basis. It's still an
2: incredibly high volume. I mean, doing a few thousand vehicles of conversions between the cars and trucks, uh, that's a lot of vehicles coming out of Shelby American.
3: It is, and we're excited, and that's on top of what Ford does with, say, the GT500 is the most recent model. So they're building those up in Flat Rock, Michigan, and pay a royalty back to Shelby for that. Um, what we do out of Las Vegas, and what you see a lot in the last five years, is more niche type products. It, Matt, I think you saw the Shelby Centennial we had on display out at Bear Jackson. Yeah. So that was limited to 100 units, and what we found is doing something in units, you know, 50 units, 100 units, 150 units, it it just keeps that demand high because everybody wants to have one and not everybody can have one. So it creates an instant wait list. I, Similar to what we did with the uh, GT 500 KR about a uh, year, year plus ago. When we announced that.
2: Yeah. The Centennial car, I think um, got uh, accidentally uh, posted onto Instagram the day before the launch event here in Gardena. And by the end of the day, 93 of the hundred of them were sold. Yeah. I like, think, I think there there's, there's that, a demand for it.
1: Well, I, you know, Porsche kind of figured that out. You know, the new world order is don't flood the market with merchandise. Make it exclusive and, yeah. and create that. I guess. And it works. It, yeah, Astley well, in, Martin, it, it, Porsche,
2: uh, in a weird
1: know. way. Remember, remember a few years ago, and I, I don't know if it's still really going on, but some savvy realtor said, why don't we take this million dollar house and price it at seven fifty? And then the owner went, why? And then they went, because we'll get a bunch of people in here and we'll start a bidding war and we'll get them all going <laughs> on it. And it, it, in a weird way, it's, it's kind of that it's like, it's, it's, it's a little counterintuitive. You go, yeah. why don't we just make the most units possible? We'll make the most money, but it's like, no, make a smaller batch, make it more exclusive and get people really excited, excited about it. Um, is it hard to find qualified people, mechanics, and all the labor you need to do these conversions yeah, these the makers days? Makers and fixers, the yeah. makers and the <laughs> fixers, most,
3: most definitely. So, particularly Las Vegas. I think you know Carol moved to Las Vegas with the factory with his operation in 1995. It's always been a struggle for us out there. That is not a deep pool of of automotive talent and. It's been a struggle for the years to keep that consistent. I think through the pandemic, um, and really just before then, 2019, we really were starting to get a good team together out there, most of them have stayed with us, but we still run through more people than you would think that are on the shop floor. Everybody likes the idea of working for Shelby, but then you're out there you know, 10, 12 hours a day putting this stuff together, it can wear some folks out. The other thing that we have an issue with, again, I view it more as a Vegas market problem, there's just not a lot of depth there for suppliers. If you're in Southern California, you've got a ton of painters. You've got a ton of, you know, uh, fabricators on different things. And while California, you can argue, isn't great for business, there's just a long history of that being there. And Las Vegas doesn't necessarily have that right now.
2: Yeah, right.
3: So yeah. we're we're actually we've got a new program, and I'm gonna. I'll, Tangent a little bit, so one of the cores of the foundation. Yeah, I was thinking. uh,
2: I don't know that you guys would would move because that facility could always be used for something, and it's nice having it right next to a speed Vegas, and I know they share a little uh, and the tracks over there, so they get a little bit of track time. But I I, maybe it grows to like a Tennessee or a South Carolina or something a little bit more. where so much of the aftermarket companies are, are have gone to, you know, the Hollies and the yeah, comps I think it, of the world. That's
3: something to take a look at in the future. We continue also to have discussions with Ford about, you know, what are some opportunities for us up in the Michigan market, particularly Dearborn, Detroit area, because again, you've got a huge talent pool there. Yeah. And for us, it's not always efficient to ship something from Flat Rock, Michigan to Las Vegas, to be modified, then to go back out to dealers. So we, we continue to look at opportunities for that. There's no immediate change going. We, we, Found, I think this particular facility fits us well and we like the traffic that it draws and we're able to do what we need to out of that with some help um elsewhere around the country how many square feet is
1: that facility
3: about oh 125,000 I think off wow. top of my head
1: yeah that's good size
3: yeah I went
2: I I <clears throat> I did a factory tour there a while back with Ford when we were um when we did the GT500 launch event in Vegas uh, yeah and it was super impressive. I've been to the Heritage Center, like you mentioned, but uh, a number of events there. We've all, you know, you've been there together. Yep. But touring the, the whole thing and how it's uh, uh, how big it is and how efficient it is is impressive. But it's full. It's always full. It's completely jam-packed. Um,
3: the one thing we've had to do, we actually just down the street, there's a couple of industrial buildings behind it. We've leased out another space for storage. Because we get, you know, 50, 60, 100 cars at a time that we don't have the ability to work on just yet. We've got to put them somewhere. We can't leave them in the parking lot. So we actually, actually have another building down the street.
2: That's actually a really good point because I never see all the cars in the lot. I never really thought about that. Like everything's getting worked on and I just assumed they were just like in and out. And that's just like a constant flow. But you got to have a staging area at some point.
3: Um, That's exactly right, and particularly the last couple of years, what Ford's done with, you know, production kind of off and on on the Mustang, we had to take things when they were ready, not necessarily when we wanted them. So it's it's been a challenge.
2: So a hundred years of Carroll Shelby and uh, the centennial car came out, and that sort of kicked off the first of of many celebrations. What's the plan this year to celebrate Shelby?
3: So it's interesting. We've got a number of events coming up. A lot of them are annual events, but they'll have an emphasis on the centennial this year. A couple of them are a little more specific. So we look at um, you know, Dallas, where Carol grew up. We've got an annual Shelby show that we do here, very centennial geared this year in early June. The SAC and Team Shelby East Coast Nationals in mid-July are going to have a heavy emphasis on the centennial at the, uh, during the Pitt- Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix week. Uh, The other interesting thing this year is the 100th anniversary of Le Mans. I apologize. You guys may have talked about that already at some point. But, you know, to have them coincide, we're actually going to have a Shelby enthusiast event over at Le Mans Classic in early July. Mm. And that's going to be pretty impressive. There is, I've been to Le Mans, fortunately, a couple of times now for the regular race. And there's really a passion for Shelby there. They understand the history of him being a driver and team owner and and manufacturer. And so it's going to be fun to go over there. We've got, uh, I think, uh, Jim Parley is going to have his GT40 that he's racing that weekend, and we'll have a couple other Cobras on the grid. And so we're planning some events around that. Um, so it's really it's going to be uh, a fun uh, year.
2: Goodwood, I think, is doing something as well, right?
3: That's probably our biggest one, in my opinion. You know, we got uh, contacted by the Goodwood folks back before the end of the year. And um, the Duke of Richmond that runs and owns Goodwood knew Carol really well. Carol spent a lot of time there in the early 2000s. And he also was a driver and, and had the Cobras run in there. And so they presented to us the idea of celebrating the Carroll Shelby Centennial at the Goodwood Revival in September, which that's going to be fantastic.
1: Man, what, uh, what a world you live in,
2: Aaron. This is going to be a big, tra- big bigger travel year for you than usual. I mean, you're always yeah, traveling. A lot,
3: lot of miles this year.
2: It's going to be a lot of miles this year, but it's going to be fantastic. I mean, uh, Le Mans Classic in Goodwood. Yeah, uh, is and well, we've never done Le Mans a Classic, but good what we've done, and that's fun. And actually, when we were there years ago, we went out to film for uh, for some of the docs, and they had as many as possible of the Daytona coupes there. Yeah, um, I don't remember. That how, was
3: 2015. Yeah, that was I was there. that was the last time I was there. Was yeah. all six of them were there. First yeah. time since 1964, probably they'd all been in one place.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was is, great to see.
3: It is
1: really if you're really into in, in my definition of a car guy. Uh, my definition of the car guys not so much. Um, we're at Bob's Big Boy on Saturday, and I got airbags on my <laughs> pickup truck, and I dropped it down to the ground. Like I, I just I don't know. Look, God bless you. I'll take any car guy, but. If you're really my definition of a car guy, it is the historics at, uh, or the vintage at, at Goodwood. Like yeah, just the revival. The revival. Just walking. You can get right up on those cars. They don't, you know, the, it, they have a paddock, but they don't shoo you away like you, you might yeah. think they would. You can walk right up on a, LM two fifty Ferrari that won Le Mans, you know, in nineteen sixty five or whatever, and, and Daytonas, and s- literally walk in between them and stand around. Like, go look at a Ferrari GTO. Just yeah. go walk right up to it, and then watch him, you know, stage up and get onto that track. I mean, if 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 you're of a certain age and you're a car guy. You really got to put it on your list
2: and it's a fun event you get dressed up to go you get period correct dressed up to go there and you you know the cars in the paddock are basically like in horse stables they look like yeah. kind of like it's really well done
1: it's
3: yeah super fun it, it is I don't even know how to describe it to somebody that doesn't really understand it it's just it's until you go there it's hard to get a gauge of the scope of how large it is and what's what's there you mentioned the Ferraris you know you've got the Aston Martins and Porsches all these Huge cars you read about all your life, and they're they're physically not theoretically to touch them, but you can get right up on them. And then you know the the European vintage racing is probably a little more aggressive than the American vintage racing that we yes. see. I mean, those guys are out there beating fenders and, and yeah. pushing each other off. off And and
2: then there's like an air show going on in the back.
1: Yeah, there's There's like a Lancaster bomber (laughs) overhead (laughs) and a Spitfire, and then you got some guy in a Holman Moody Galaxy Ford 500 Sawn Away, and a guy in a -A 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 Mini Cooper up his ass, you know, flashing his lights, and it's crazy.
2: And the skinny tire cars with the big wheel, you see like the Jaguar E-types, and they're just sliding off the corner, and the guy's doing this, and the tires are you know oh, four inches wide well, and then it starts raining and then it starts raining <laughs>
3: absolutely <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it's it's fantastic and it's fun except for the mud and the rain but everything else is good
3: yeah well well it's and, all good yeah hopefully to we'll see you guys over there it'd be a lot of fun we're uh we're working on a good number of cars that carol raced in the 50s to be there uh-huh. uh, shelby family wise we're going to send over the 49 mg tc that he won his first race in that'll be on display but uh, a number of the Ferraris, the Cat Allard, Aston Martins uh, that he raced through his career in the 50s are supposed to be there on display. So we're excited about that.
2: Are you going to get on the track, do any parade laps, do a little driving? So,
3: possibly. possibly uh, we're talking about that right now. They do like, as you know, they like to get those, even though they're technically on display, they like to get those cars on the track for parade laps. So You, you want to be able to hear them? Probably and, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's such, yeah, we got to do it. Aaron, it was <laughs> great uh, catching up with you my friend, uh love what you're doing with the, the brand. Uh they're lucky to have uh such a uh sober, focused, responsible <laughs>
2: yes.
1: No, I mean we could get, you know, you could have Lisa Marie Presley running <laughs> Shelby into the ground, you know. I mean I, I i I really mean it as a compliment. It's it's a roll the dice when when the old man goes yeah. who's is it a bunch of kids fighting over money or is it like someone who's like responsible, fiscally responsible sort of has reverence for the brand. And it's like, I can't think of a better steward than you in this department. So
3: you should, uh, I I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, It's a lot of fun for me and you know, nobody can be Carol. We're not going to repeat him, but uh, we just help carry on the business and the legacy the best that we can.
1: Well, like I said, uh, you think it'd be a no brainer, but there's many oh, instances where it does <laughs> every, not go. Every other instance, every other instance, it does not go that it does way. Not go when there. my dad dies and I take over the Corolla brand for Toyota. <laughs> yeah, right. me and my sister <laughs> are going to do nothing but fight the trumpet brand <laughs> of whatever.
2: <laughs> um, thanks, Aaron. Thanks,
1: Aaron. Right, we really appreciate right,
3: it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Um, oh, that's a good guy. Yeah. Uh,
2: that actually, that was such a great point because him and his brothers, like everybody, gets along. They're in the family building half the time, and and they're you know they're still running businesses and doing stuff together. So,
1: yeah, no, look, it it doesn't have to go south. It just always does when the. Yeah. Marquis Elvis or Shelby or Paul Newman or whoever when they they die it just it it just goes down this road there's yeah. litigation there's infighting there's the ne'er do well half brother who wants, wants his stake it just it just has to go that way but shelby yeah. is is figured out and i i think i think a lot of that is Aaron from what i what I know of aaron it,
2: it, yeah it is and it helps that they're all Pretty successful in their own right outside of the Shelby legacy. Like they've all yes. made, they've all done well. That's helpful. <laughs> That's helpful. All
1: right, let me tell you about O'Reilly Auto Parts. Um, I'll tell you, I've always shopped at O'Reilly. I've always uh, worked on my own stuff. There's a there's a satisfaction in it and uh o'reilly's always been the place uh i'd go to to get all the I mean, filters and oil and wiper blades and beyond and now they got the oh rewards bonus points and that's what month we're in at o'reilly auto parts you can shop in store or online you get points and rewards sent straight to your phone or your inbox get uh, two three or even four times bonus points on select purchases and uh It'll, you'll get to your next reward that much faster. Receive a $5 reward for every 150 O reward points. If you're uh, already an O rewards member and uh, not receiving your rewards, we'll just add your email or mobile phone number and get a $10 reward just for updating your existing account. So sign up and it's uh, easy. It's quick. And do it at O'ReillyAuto.com, or you can do it in store, because I know a lot of you like to go into those stores. I do. O'ReillyAuto.com, or you can sign up in store. All right. Uh, you can go to uh, AdamCroll.com for live shows this weekend, this Sunday. I think I'll be at uh, Solana Beach at the Belly Up, and then West Palm Beach, Baltimore, Naples. I'm, I'm all over the place. So just go to AdamCroll.com for all the live stuff. What do you got, man?
2: Uh, I've been uh, driving a few cars And to get the Mustang Mach 1 back So you get to, uh, I'll post some videos And uh, a clip of hearing that thing up on my social media
1: mm. So, till next time It's Adam Kroll for Matt, the Motorator DeAndrea, and Aaron Shelby Saying keep the air in the spare And the bag in the wheel
2: For the latest updates and call-in times Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram At CarCastShow If you'd like to write in Fill out the form on CarCastShow.com And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.